This episode of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by our 2020 longevity experiences to the Greek island of Ikaria and the Italian island of Sardinia. Come to one or both blue zones with us for an unforgettable bucket list trip of a lifetime. Live with the locals, make the food, eat the food, drink the wine and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine, foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, highlights, videos and all the details and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size is limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-serve basis. TheWellnessCoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you. And I tell you what, to be back on Australian soil with my brother from another mother gives me, well, actually tinged with a bit of sadness, but a lot of joy to hear your voice live on the air. Dr. Damien Christoph, welcome back to Australia. Thank you, Piercey. It's, uh, I, I would like to say it's nice to be back in Australia, but I'll tell you what, I'm pining for Greece. I want to head yeah. back. Can, can we leave this Saturday? Actually, yeah. can we leave this Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Not this Saturday, yes. let's leave Sunday. Yes, I know what you're saying. As we record this, the uh, AFL Grand Final coming up this weekend. Uh, by the time this goes to air, that will be well and truly run and won. And maybe your Tigers are premiers, maybe they're runners up. But I know what you mean, Damo. When we were leaving Ikaria, well, on the second last day, I was literally had tears welling in my eyes. I wanted yeah. to fly Sarah and the kids over to Ikaria. I didn't want to mm. fly home. I wanted to mm. stay longer. And mm. um, that grieving process has lingered a little bit longer than I would have liked. Well, it's definitely lingered longer for me this year than any other time. Now, I also, Amber didn't come, and I met Amber, um, you know, in Geneva after I left um, Athens. And so it was it was great. It was great to catch up with her. Then I actually um, caught up with Jackson when I returned. And so all that's been wonderful. But again, like you, I would have loved for them to have come to Ikaria, and then we just stayed there. You and I looked at a block of land. Mm. Uh, we were that <laughs> we were that. <laughs> pining and that you know <laughs> we just wanted to we just uh, wanted to be there didn't we uh, yeah. well i spoke yeah. about this um just the weekend just passed it was five days i was doing uh, a wellness base camp i've been home for five days i was like what am i going to talk about and i knew all i was going to talk about was Ikaria, but how how do i talk about it in in a meaningful way and what i ended up speaking about was um, I think I called it confronting the fear of diving deep and I showed the vision of all of us diving into or six of us diving into the, the ocean at Therma just after we'd been in the Therma hot springs and one of the videos has Cynthia not diving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you remember how we dive and she stayed yeah. up and then yeah. a couple of dives later she did dive in and I was talking about how we are like a skimming society. We just like to tick things off. I've watched that movie. I've been to that holiday destination. I've gone here, been there, done that, been to that restaurant, all the rest of it, had that type of green smoothie, had that beetroot latte, and then we <laughs> tick it off and it's done. And done. I don't know about you, but I was a bit nervous going to Ikaria for the third time because I thought, am I complacent? You know, I know where I'm going, what I'm getting. I know the food. I know the people. I know the activities we're doing and all the rest of it. And it was only when we got off the plane on Ikaria on day one that this this magic that Thayer talks about on the island, this 
this this feeling of just excitement and enthusiasm and in, and then obviously the experiences that we all went on. But there is something about going back to somewhere, not just Ikaria, but somewhere where you love to go, where you get to sink into an experience more. Um, I almost liken it to a, a relationship. Um, you know, I, I was saying on the weekend, no relationship is made on the first date. Like you need to go on the second date and the third date and the fourth to really get to know someone better and better. Um, and I feel like that was our trip to Ikaria this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, I was, I was describing to somebody yesterday, I was adjusting you know, a room full of people and somebody said, what's it like when you go to your career? And I said, well, to be honest with you, this is what happened. I got off the plane and all of a sudden it felt like I'd been plugged in. Like I got plugged into some energy. My battery started recharging. I, just, I felt so good. It felt like a, all this life just like flew right back into my body. She said, really? I said, yeah. I just felt like... I felt like it came alive. Not that I felt like I died when I left, but yeah. it's it is this incredible feeling. And I don't know whether or not that's because it's the third time that we've been there, or whether it's because that's just what the island does. And I wasn't aware of it beforehand, but it's uh, it is really a very special thing. But I'll tell you what, it's been quite incredible. How many people have commented? this time around about how incredible our trip looked. And I think, you know, you and I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Having the Panagiri in Nas was an incredible, you know, thing to be part of. The group of people that we took across were also incredible people. And, uh, you know, I think the, the the event itself has has grown and evolved. And even though we know what we're doing, I, I feel like um, we're evolving and growing. But we're also experiencing new things like we met new people we met new people that we hadn't met before and we experienced things doing the same things that we've done before but we experienced different things within that same thing so i think there's so much more to get from ikaria you said so. you said you think we know what we're doing how dare you assume we know what we're doing we have no idea <laughs> what we're doing it's it's uh, it's yeah. in ikaria it's one day at a time no itinerary given don't ask us what we're doing in 3 days time because we have no idea um, there is absolutely no chance that there's any planned uh, or, or formalities um, on the island. Well, that's not true. We do have some plans, but those plans are very liquid. Like they change. They're very plastic. Yeah. Um. So it is. It's hilarious because you know people ask us for the itinerary, and we go, "Look, we we, we you're not, not getting an you itinerary. One. You can't get one." And they're like, "Going, well, you know, what are we going to be doing?" We say, "Well." We kind of know what we might be doing, but we don't really know what we're going to be doing because we're on Icarian time and that changes. So, yeah. I, I, you know, that's a, a difficult thing to kind of adjust to. It was funny. Last night, Amber and I went out for dinner and uh, we're sitting in this Italian restaurant. We both ordered barramundi and salad and uh, we're sitting down and the table next to us ordered at the same time. They ordered pizza. Anyway, the pizza came out and they ate and then they left and our barramundi hadn't come out and like 30 minutes went by. And I was starting to get a little bit agitated at that point in time, but you know, I'm coming <laughs> off the back of Ikaria, which could take an hour to bring some food out. And Amber has just lost her absolute shit. She's gone, I've had enough. So she gets up out of her chair, she walks, marches over and says, Where's our barramundi? Like we ordered this ages ago. The people next to us ordered after us and they've already left. They've eaten their food and they're gone. And uh, I said, isn't that funny that, you know, we're, here we are in Melbourne and we would lose it um, and get so you can't hear, that would be, you know, just part of the course. That's, that's how it is. They didn't tell you that they actually went out of Port Phillip Bay in the dinghy and actually went to catch it fresh for you, <laughs> bring it back in, slab it on the barbie and serve it with a slice of lemon. 
I'll tell you what, they struggle to find barramundi in the bay at the moment. It's a little bit too cold. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's oh, that no, It's so a different it's funny, world. Because you, know, yeah. you can slip out of that culture very quickly. So it's a great reminder to be you know, mindful of the, of the things that you're doing every single day and whether or not you can adapt and, and bring some of those you know, cultural highlights back from your career, you know, yeah. to match the pace of life over here. Yeah, I think and, and there's, I've been taking notes as you've been talking because there's a lot of, you know, really key messages in here which don't really get talked about a whole lot and I think one of them was that you just said that uh, things are very plastic, like we're kind of mocking ourselves and having a bit of fun that on purpose we don't give uh, an itinerary because we have a list of activities but it could happen in any order. But as you said, things are quite plastic and it's it feels like the number of um, key highlights of our trip just happened organically. Um, thinking of the hike and the bumping into the church and one of the um, you know, really a random uh, attendee that wasn't part of our group who was hiking with us had a voice of an angel and that created a whole spin-off of emotional events um, for people. Um, we had, I remember the morning after the Panagetti, uh, came, we came to breakfast um, and we'd eaten and probably drunk in probably a more Australian way at the Panagetti and, and I'll put my <laughs> hand up and say I was somewhat hungover the next day, which was very un icarian And I remember you going, I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. I just feel so good. I'm like, mate, what are you talking about? And you're like, I've just filled five garbage bags full of rubbish. I've been helping Thomas <laughs> and I've been helping some of the locals sweeping the streets yeah. and cleaning up. I'm like, I, I, I've never met a man so happy after cleaning for an hour. Like it took you an hour to walk the 100 metres from um, where we were staying to Thayer's and you because you'd been cleaning and helping. And I was like, this is what the trip's about. They're these little organic unplanned moments where you get to do things or experience things that you don't have to do, you choose to do, and they end up becoming, um, you know, defining moments um, for, for the individual's trip. And, you know, we could probably record 10 podcasts on each individual and all of the moments that they had. Um it's one of those, I don't know, you said at the beginning earlier, um, you know, when you got off the plane that, you know, you almost just felt like that you were plugged in and I'm like, gosh, how woo-woo does that sound? Like you get off the plane <laughs> and then you just feel this different sense of energy but you, you nailed it. You're so right. Like there is no scientific way to explain it. I don't even think quantum physics could explain it. I'm sure they'd have a crack at it but, you <laughs> I know, Planck's law it. couldn't explain it. Nothing can actually put it into... And when people go, how is your career? I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. You just can't put it into words. We attempt to and we we say things, but there's nothing that can explain that feeling of being plugged in when you get off the plane. And um, mm. there's something that just consumes you that, again, you just don't know how to, how to explain it. Mm. You don't. You don't. Well, people go, how was your trip? I go, it was incredible. And But that, how, then and they say, well, what do you mean? I go, well... It's Where really hard to explain. Yeah. It's really hard to explain why it was so good. But, you know, when you're there and you're in Ikaria, it, it you feel like you could go back to Australia and explain it. But as soon as you leave, it's actually quite difficult to explain it. And the same we found with our attendees too. We said, you know, how would you describe it to your mates back home? What would you say? And they're going, oh, it's incredible, you know. Yeah. But that, that doesn't really say much. It's so hard to explain. Because then they move on to the next thing. Um, it's a life-changing thing, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment about that transition from, and anyone listening can appreciate this, when you go to somewhere breathtaking and 
I'm sure all of us have been uh, somewhere breathtaking in our life, whether it's the Three Sisters in the Blue Mountains or whether it's um, somewhere in Australia or the world, wherever it is that you are, and then how you um, take that experience back home with you. But, you know, looking at our WhatsApp, you know, conversations from all of our Aphrodites, our nine um, attendees, our nine women that joined us on the trip. And I think, you know, if there's anything that any of us, uh, both you and I or our listeners can can take, and that is just that feeling of camaraderie and uh, community and friendship and love that any group dynamic that spends a, a period of time uh, together um, in an empowering way uh, will generate. And I think that's, you know, one thing that I would always encourage any of our listeners when they're traveling is people that come on this trip with us, they're always, I go, look, you know, you can go to Ikaria by yourself. And they're like, yeah, but I really, I'm looking for a trip with meaning. And I feel like it would be more meaningful traveling with a group of like-minded people. And I just think, and we speak about this a fair bit on this podcast, Damo, but the power of being around people that are different, but also have a lot of like-minded similarities as well. There, There is an unspeakable magic in that too. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that magic, yeah, you just can't, you can't, you can't sum it up. You can't sum it up. I think the only thing that you, that you do find is when you do come home, and I'd love to chat with you about this, is you, you, how do you say this without sounding so morbid? You can lose some of that magic and it can be almost like ripping a Band-Aid off because yeah, your group dynamics of all of your exchanges back home, uh, one, most of those people haven't been to Ikaria. Two, they weren't mm. on the trip with you. Three, mm. they have no comprehension of what you've been experiencing. So, it can be really quite difficult to assimilate back into society moving forward. So, you've just shared your, your restaurant experience last night. You, as we record, you've only been back for uh, three days or so. Um, so, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. But how have you transitioned back in? I mean, you, can, you can maybe take it back from when you left the island. Um uh, for Geneva, that was a trip, but that's an ep- episode in itself. Our our day ten experiences, <laughs> but but how have you transitioned since Ikaria? Because I remember after 2016, you were almost bordering on depression. You'd gone to Dubai, which was a concrete jungle. You were like, yeah. the world's screwed. What's going on? We've all lost our yeah. values. Like, where are you now? Uh, two or two weeks or so after our trip to uh, Ikaria. Well, I had some incredible experiences, you know. I, as you said, I went to Geneva, had a, a party with a mate of mine who uh, had his 45th birthday, and and so it was great for Amber and I to be there. But Geneva is a very different place um, to you know to Greece. But one of the great things that I saw in Geneva was that I, was, I arrived, you know, jumped in a taxi, and I said to the taxi driver, oh, "It looks pretty quiet." He said, "Oh yeah, you know, you know." On a Saturday afternoon, we kind of close up; everything closes at five o'clock. And I said, oh, "Okay, cool." And he goes, "And then Sunday, you know, no shops are open, and you know, we just all have a, a you know, really nice um, family time." I said, "What do you mean? Like the shops aren't open?" They said, "Oh, no, you know, nothing opens in Geneva. Everything is closed in Geneva um, for Sunday." I said, "What stores, cafes, restaurants, the whole?" Lot. He said, "You might get a restaurant." open but generally everything's closed because we all have family time wow and i was like wow this wow. is geneva like business yeah. hub of the world um so i was like wow that's that's incredible what, a, what an amazing thing anyway we we're going out for walks and stuff and i was saying hi to everybody and was going well you keep saying hi to everybody. And i said well you know that's just what i do mark is i going to make a documentary about it one day Love and it. she goes oh really are you we'll call said, it hello yeah, yeah we'll call yeah. it hello yeah that's right Anyway, um, I then flew from um, Geneva to London 
and obviously London's a very different place. And then we drove from Heathrow up to Newcastle um, and got to Newcastle, did my talk, you know, presented for uh, the wonderful Estelle Zorna um, over in um, – or up in, you know, Newcastle, did that job, um, which was great, and then drove from there to a golf course in Scotland um, up just sort of uh, east of Edinburgh about an hour and a half on the water called North Berwick. And everybody there was so friendly and they were saying, hi, and I was saying hi, and the people get out of their car and they'd look at you <laughs> and they'd say hi, and I was hi, uh, and and Amber's like, going, oh my gosh, like this is heaven for you. I go, I know. Yes, this is heaven. I'm thinking this is heaven. And I said, this is the best. And so everybody in Scotland was ridiculously friendly, so friendly. And we were walking through the old town of Edinburgh, walking through cathedrals and walking through castles and all kinds of stuff. And everyone would like look at you, look literally look at you. Expecting you to say hi, and so I, was, I said hi, and uh, and it was the, it was great, like it was great. Anyway, then we get back to um, reality. We drive back down from um, Edinburgh all the way to um, to Heathrow to fly out, and um, no one says hi. Mm. You know, we're in, we're back in London. No one says hi, um, and obviously it's the hustle and bustle and everyone just wants to get stuff done and then you know, on the plane and we had grumpy flight attendants and um, I was like, going, oh, my gosh, I'm going you – know, this is like an immersion program <laughs> in the reverse, in the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, to get grumpy people. So we uh, got back home and uh, I, I was really worried and I didn't know whether or not I was going to declare my honey because oh, I don't. Oh, if I declared it, I would lose my honey. Did you? Did I tell you that I lost my honey? Yeah, oh. yeah, you did. And I said to Amber, "Do I declare my honey or not?" And she says, "Oh." Anyway, then the uh, the the video comes up of you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good enough. Go, <laughs> yeah, don't be a liar. Yeah, yeah. I said, "All right." So I declared my honey. So I declared my honey, and I get to this grumpy person. Oh no! He says, "What are you declaring?" I said, "I oh, some honey," you know. And she said, where'd you get it from? I said, Europe. She goes, whereabouts in Europe? And I've gone, oh, no. Oh, Greece? And she goes, we've got to check that. I've gone, ah. Oh. So I, uh, I begrudgingly go down aisle B to get my bag searched. And um, I get to the – and she was just grumpy. She was, I mean, she was doing her job, but far out. It's honey. Yeah. If so. Like, what am I going to do? Feed it to the bees. Like, I'm going to eat it myself. What's that going to do? It's honey. So – Oh, you made me want to cry. I don't know the end of this story, but I'm already grieving my honey again. Um, keep going. So I go, I get to the guy and he goes, what are you declaring? I go, mate, it's just freaking honey. <laughs> and he goes, where'd you get it from? I said, Europe. And he goes, did you buy it in a store? And I said, yes. He goes, okay, don't worry about it. Oh! Go, right. So oh! I get through. So I had a little win there. I had a little win. So I've bought my, I've got my store bought honey, which is true. But I just happened to buy it from the apiary, and so, but I'm, I'm also gonna eat it. I'm not feeding it to the bees. Oh. I'm not gonna pollinate anything else. I'm actually gonna eat oh this my honey. Gosh. Stupid freaking customs. I'm gonna eat it. I'm not gonna sell it to anybody. It's my honey. So um, they didn't take it, which was great. Oh. And uh, so I had a little win. I walked out, and Amber said, "What are you doing out?" I said, "I get to keep my honey." Well, I thought, thought that was a bit of a win. Anyway, we caught the taxi home. The taxi driver was quite nice. Long story short. The world short, was good again. The world was kind of good again. And then I'm listening to climate change stuff. and So I'm kind of I'm kind of midway. But I'm, I feel like I'm caught in purgatory. Yes. I'm between heaven and hell. 
<laughs> oh, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Good way to describe it. Then the stuff happening with work with Vita, the stuff happening at Forage. Oh. Oh. I'm going, this is freaking purgatory. And then Sarah Bloody Wilson, <laughs> who I already had a, a go. No, no, many pull years. back, pull back on that one. Pull back, honestly, pull back on that one. Just, pull back on that one. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about hold that one off. Hold on. Um, so, purgatory is an interesting. How are you going? Well, I'm just wondering if why, if my Lay, Lay Miserable obsession, because I love that movie and I'm reading that book, maybe that has a bit to do with my feelings of purgatory as well. I, I feel like coming back, particularly to Sarah and four kids, there's, I want a better term, little opportunity, but to um, so to settle. But now that all of my events for the year are done, I'm really, I, I'm, 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 no, I'm not in purgatory. I'm in a great place, to be frank. I think, um, yeah, I'm on a high. I think also because I'm already having conversations with people registering for Ikaria 2020. It's kind of in the, yeah. it's in the conversation, and you're having all these chats with people, and um, so I think looking forward to that experience again is giving me a, a real pep. Um, but it is a continual. It does open up your worldview. There's nothing like world travel to open up your worldview and get you out of your your bubble of just, you know, your work and your family and, you know, like it, I feel like, yeah, there's a there's something that happens when you go on the other side of the planet. There's something that happens and you and I both come back thinking some weird things when we come home. <laughs> so it's um that's what I love about it. It's just you just it's a great unknown. Um and if this trip's taught me anything, it's never, ever, 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 ever think that you know what you're gonna get when you go somewhere. Mm. It just mm. it, it will hit you for six, um, mm. so <laughs> it's very true. Oh, you know. Anyway, so look, let's wrap this episode up because we will talk the leg of a chair. Um, yes. Let's continue the conversation on the next episode of One Hundred Not Out. Now we've got a lot of people. I've got people emailing me, messaging me, going, "You've been talking about Sardinia, and there's nothing on your website." Look, I'm sorry, I haven't put anything on the website yet. I haven't told you this yet, Damo, but I've made the executive decision. We've had thirty yes. people come to Ikaria with us over the last three years. Yes. Those 30 get first dibs on Sardinia Longevity Experience 2020. Yep. And okay. then if there are spaces left, the Sardinia 2020 places get opened up to the, for want of a better term, the wider audience, the general public. Um, yes. So until listeners, the uh, previous attendees um, to our Ikaria experience have been given the opportunity to join us in Sardinia. Um, yeah. Until that process is done, um, you will you won't see anything on the website, um, but just either send me an email, register your interest, Marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Send me an email, I'll pop you on the interest list on the, and then I can let you know if we've got spots available. I think there'll be a couple. I don't know how many, uh, but we will. Um, we are we are bound. We have ten rooms with us in Sardinia, so we are we have a limited space, and that includes uh, Damo and I. So we'll um, mm. we will keep you in the loop. Um, but again, if you're interested in Sardinia, that will be August. 19 to 28, Wednesday to Friday, 2020, and then Sardinia and then Ikaria will be uh, Sunday to Tuesday, uh, August 30 to September 8. So, um, Marcus at thewellnesscouch.com, send me an email, register your interest. Um, for Ikaria, you can simply go to 100notout.com. All the details are there. You can apply. This is an application-only process, first in, first served. So, all the details over at 100notout.com. Mate, can't wait to do this with you again. Going to Ikaria just puts such a um, gives so much for our podcast. Just just makes me feel <laughs> so in love with what we do and uh, what we've been able to create with this message. Um, 
and the the shift that we've been able to help facilitate in people's lives. That would be a great story in itself, interviewing some of our attendees. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. There are some stories that you just cannot script. Sure. Mind-blowing stories. Mm. So, thanks mm. again, uh, Damo, you, for, for everything that you do, particularly coming halfway around the world to help uh, people uh, live their best lives. I cannot thank you, you enough too. for doing that. You, and you too. Thank you. thank you. Thank you, brother. For all of our loyal listeners, thank you for your support of the podcast. To find out more about the great man, head on over to DamienChristoph.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.